I saw what you did there. <laughs> a little fast show continuity, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, it's what we've been saying around here for weeks, Milt. You know, just, just give you a chance and uh, it'll be comedic genius. Overflowing. You know, <laughs> just crazy stupid. Yeah, just doing my part for the team, you know. <laughs> yes, we do know. Right down to our little mandibles. Welcome in, friends, to this Fusebox number 72, Gang of Prawns. And I am your literally smothering in all this crappy chainmail host, Mark Rose, thanking you profusely with uh, badly animated dragons breathing fire out of their nostrils and then madly careening into the side of a paper mache castle for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. And uh, over there, the fondler of filters himself, <laughs> Milk Canes, everybody. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks. Uh, you know, I, I'm sensing a, a, a theme in your uh, commentary there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, yes, and, and, and no secret here, friends. Um, we're going to talk about a particular genre of film that really has, and I'm speaking strictly for myself here, all right, has, has really overstayed its welcome. Uh, but that a little later on in the proceedings. Uh, first, I think Mr. Keynes has a uh, fuse box shout out forthcoming. No? So, uh, I guess everybody knows uh, we're, we're keeping, uh, well, actually, Max, our IT guy, is keeping track of uh, all the new listeners and uh, where they're from. And uh, just last week, uh, we picked up new subscribers in Spain. Really? Outstanding. Well, you know, once again, proving uh, what extraordinary taste in programming they have over there, of course. Uh, and uh, it goes without saying that uh, Milt and I uh, are uh, available for private parties there in Spain. Kind of like, you know, a house concert kind of thing. But uh, with what we do here. And uh, what is it that we do here? We give a thunderous burst of thanks to our listeners via the Fusebox shout-out. Maestro, if you please. That's right. Yes, indeed. Thanks, uh, seriously, to one and all in the fine country of Spain for showing impeccable taste. And uh, we promise we will continue to deliver whatever the hell it is we deliver here. And with gusto, my friends. They're delivering without gusto. Yeah, yeah, I think the, but that would just be like things most of the time. Yeah, yeah. most of the time then, yeah, yeah. We do have some thought-provoking topics queued up for this edition of the program. Not the least of which is the conclusion of our two-part interview with Aaron and Ami, who were both participants in this year's World Naked Bike Ride, and uh, that's no joke. It's for real and has uh, quite the rep here in Portland, Oregon, where this fine show originates. With over uh, 10,000 folks taking part in this thing locally. So, uh, part two of that is coming your way subsequently. You know, why is it they're never on my route? 
I mean, I've lived around where they uh, usually ride, but somehow I never see it. Well, <laughs> you know, one one could speculate that you might need to go where it is rather than waiting for it to whiz by your domicile, Mr. Keynes. What? And leave the house? Well, that's just crazy talk, man. <laughs> we know that about you. Although, uh, you you have been persuaded at times to uh, attend the local watering hole with us, right? Yeah, you mean the uh, business meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I, like, I, like I said, I'm a team player, man. You can always count on me. We know that about you, too, Mr. Keynes. You are indeed. And uh, we will commence with the festivities uh, subsequently. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. TheFuseBoxShow.com All righty, friends. So, uh, earlier this week, as we record this, we lost uh, yet another icon of our industry. And I uh, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge this. Um, one of the truly great voice artists of our time, and certainly one of my all-time faves, June Foray, left this time-space continuum for the next great adventure at the age of 99. And uh, she was working pretty much up to the end there. Um, for those of you not familiar with the, the work of uh, Ms. Foray, of whom I speak, June Foray was the voice of many animated characters in uh, her very long career. And I, I'd say most will recall her as the uh, voice of uh, Rocket J. Squirrel from the Rocky and Bullwinkle show where she played Rocky, the flying squirrel, of course, and also Natasha, the evil spy there. But she was also uh, an on-screen actor as well and did many appearances as a, a real-life person, going as far back as uh, the Ray Milland show of the early 1950s and uh, even an appearance or two on the Jack Benny show. One of her uh, earliest voice roles was as Oswald the Lucky Rabbit for uh, Walter Lance, he of uh, Woody Woodpecker fame, back in uh, 1943. She has a raft full of uncredited performances as well from the late 40s through the 50s, which is uh, really, honestly, it's not that unusual even today for that to happen. But uh, she worked uh, many times with the other icon of character voices, Mel Blanc. The two were very good friends. And, and there's a, I, I love this quote. It's, uh, and I don't know exactly where this originated, but uh, in an interview, it was stated to him that June was thought of as the female answer to Mel Blanc. And he responded with, well, I think I'm the male answer to June Foray. She even dubbed male actors a few times. You know male actors? Yeah, she dubbed somebody in a Rawhide episode. Wait, she dubbed Clint? No, no, that's impossible. Nobody dubs Clint. No. Uh, no, it was the, uh, the, the guest-starring character known as Raymond Junkin. I have no idea what the circumstances for that may have been. Yeah, the guy's probably plastered from the night before. Yeah, one can only imagine. Oh, but here, here, here's an interesting trivia bit. Foray was also featured in a Roger Corman film uh, back in 1962, The Intruder, starring William Shatner. 
based on a screenplay by Charles Beaumont. Um, and this guy wrote a lot of Twilight Zone episodes, by the way. Uh, well, she played a, an old hotel owner. And uh, she's uncredited in this film, but uh, hard to miss that voice. You know what? It's kind of like that uh, Paul Freeze guy. Yeah, and not coincidentally, they, they work together on the Jay Ward's Rocky and Bullwinkle show. And uh, Jay Ward loved working with her. As a matter of fact, he used her exclusively as all the female characters on that show. So you think old Jay Ward was having his son there with that, uh, that name? Always. <laughs> you mean Bullwinkle? Yeah, I mean, isn't that an English word for Well, it? it is considered embarrassing. Michael Palin even says, Even words like tits, winkle, and vibraphone. So there. Yes, a winkle just might be. Yeah, so June Foray has uh, over 300 credits on her IMDb page, and that's not counting all of the radio stuff she did uh, from pre-1940. So uh, an amazingly varied career that, uh, as I mentioned, was uh, ongoing pretty much to the end there. Loved her in those fractured fairy tales, man. She was always like a, a, a witch or uh, something kind of strange sounding. She was amazing. Oh, and of course, you know, played Sherman from the Mr. Peabody and Sherman segment there. It just goes on and on. Uh, you know, I, I, I actually had on my uh, list of topics for this show uh, before... I got this rather sad news, was uh, to talk a bit about something that uh, I've had the occasion to produce here at uh, Fuse from time to time that actually fits into this discussion, and uh, that is video game voices. Now, uh, we we are blessed to have a raft of talented folks in our midst here in Portland, and many have contributed to this uh, humble program, as it turns out. Yeah, usually follows right after drinking the Kool-Aid over here. Yeah, they never know what hit them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I thought that uh, I'd talk uh, just a little bit about that process, uh, what it's like for those who are interested in such behind-the-scenes notions, and uh, maybe even uh, those of you who participate in the playing of the aforementioned games. Now, oftentimes, we, uh, we work with either the, uh, the, the game designer or writer perhaps both, and uh, usually a director, who in many cases is the uh, multi-talented Lonnie Manella, who, uh, aside from being the coordinator of all the talent that's generally scattered all over the known and unknown world, Lonnie has voiced well over 600 video games on her own. And uh, if you're a fan of that uh, Hearthstone game, well, she's all over that and countless others. So, you know, it's, it's uh, generally a Skype or similar setup, and, and we get a bunch of, uh, of uh, lines on a spreadsheet for sometimes multiple characters and very little, if any, backstory in most cases. Uh, the director's job is, is really I- I- vital here because they have to tell us what the hell the context is for the line we're delivering, to whom, you know, and where. And then, and then it's up to us as uh, voice actors to make it uh, sound convincing. <laughs> but uh, these sessions can be intense. 
especially when there are a, a lot of uh, emotes to do, being, you know, the, the, the dying sounds or impacts or exclamations or whatever. And those are almost always the, the last thing we do in these things as well. That's, that's where you'll probably blow your voice out. It's happened a few times where, you know, somebody will just go positively hoarse from the yelling and, uh, and so forth. Don't we know somebody in those uh, Dota games or whatever? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, several. A couple of alumni of our show here, Sam A. Mowry and uh, Eric Newsom, both are in defense of the ancients, too. Maybe even one and two. I don't know. And uh, we've all done past installments of Star Trek Online, Neverwinter, Earthrise, Torchlight, Rift, whatever. You see, I don't play these things, so I have no clue what's going on in this stuff. And if I'm honest, it's not really my bowl of beetles. Ew. But I, I get that there are many, 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 many folks who do and uh, are loving the hell out of it. Personally, I like doing it for the workout. Nothing puts you in the fast track to getting your chops honed or maybe even diced like uh, these things, as they, uh, they really do. They, f- they force you to do vocal variations quickly uh, without a lot of prior preparation in most times, you know. And um, so it, it's about being able to take rapid direction and uh, nail a performance down that works uh, for the individual line. That's, that's the other thing, that uh, sometimes your lines are from different scenes, so, so the context changes, intention has to change. Sort of like... Um, kind of like shooting a movie. Kind of like that. I, I guess it is sort of like shooting a movie, where in, in that case, scenes are shot in a seemingly random order, but uh, they have uh, really more to do with uh, the mechanics behind a shot setup than uh, story continuity. You know, because once you get a shot lined up, you want to do everything that's connected to that shot. Yeah, that, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, it also may explain why there's so many bad character voices in those things, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that does happen. For all sorts of reasons, actually. Sometimes not even the actor's fault, you know? I mean, maybe in the, in the editing process, they, they just like to flatter delivery. I mean, it can happen. If by flat, you mean acting like plywood, <laughs> then yeah. Oh, and speaking of old wood... <laughs> Are we going there? Hey, I know you had a birthday and all, but Jesus, man. <laughs> well, in a manner of speaking, you know. You know. <laughs> you know. I, I, I've been chewing on this, uh, this plank for a couple of weeks, and, uh, and I, I thought that uh, maybe I could share with you, gentle listeners, my now bloated and nearly toxic purple and green disdain. For a certain tired genre that really has, at, at least for me, friends, okay, I'm speaking for myself. It, it, it's really just become withered, desiccated, and in need of some swift sweeping out. Yeah, I'll go pull the car around in case you need to make a run for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're among friends here, so... Uh, so I, I'm sure they realize that uh, my comments are purely my own and do not reflect staff, management, or the Japanese pocket squirrels. <laughs> so, friends, <laughs> we have a, a, a situation where the, the genre 
of science fiction, fantasy, and in particular, big stone letters here, in particular, this medieval feudal system stuff has kind of blown its last hoary toot. You know, no, no, let, let me let me explain. This, by the way, perfectly aligns with our brief video game chat, okay? Let's, let's go back to Board of the Rings. I mean, I mean a, a Lord of the Rings, okay? Not the movie. No, no. The book. Now, I read this thing, or attempted to read this thing, in the early 1970s. And, you know, and although I love the language, the history, and, and the scope of this world, the characters were, you know, about as wooden as a dock piling to me. Thank God for Philippa Boyens, who totally transformed that book's characters into flesh and blood people. She's, she wrote the screenplay for uh, Peter Jackson's version of Lord of the Rings. And we could actually give an orc's nose hair about them, you know? In Tolkien's defense, he was, he was a philologist, you know, interested in language. And that's what sings in the books, his passion for, for that realm and realms connected. Our minds had to do a lot of the uh, filling in in terms of character, which is often... Uh, the case in science fiction as well, where sometimes, you know, the hardware is seemingly more important than the folks having to deal with it. You know, Arthur C. Clarke, he of uh, 2001 fame, among others, actually in one famous foreword, and I think this one's been removed in in subsequent printings because I can't find it anymore, at least not in the copies I have. He actually apologized for the rather spiritual or maybe even metaphysical leanings that this uh, this actual actually this this is a terrific novel it's called childhood's end but he was apologizing for these qualities in this book well he was a scientist and from from there you know sprang a great deal of hard science facts mixed with some humans who were sometimes a backdrop for the science i get it that's that's kind of what the the genre was at the time but you know what folks not everybody did that. The Ray Bradburys didn't do that. The Richard Mathesons didn't do that. The Robert Sheckleys didn't do that. And certainly the Harlan Ellisons for sure didn't do that. So now we have this Lord of Games or Throne of Rings situation, which, friends, I know is brilliantly acted and, and uh, really well done technically and all of that. But really... What's this fascination with this feudal time medieval thing? No sane person would ever truly want to exist, or at least in our history, live in a time like that. <laughs> Think about it for a second. Beyond the highly uh, irritating chainmail, not to mention the chafing, and of course, the stink, which was for the enjoyment of all in the time of outdoor lavatories, which is probably a hole in the ground, you know? You probably, you probably lived to the ripe old age of 25, you know, if you didn't die of some mystery plague or be, uh, oh, burned as a witch by the always correct, of course, Church of the Day. If she drowns, she's not a witch. You know, we were talking about, the, you know, video games a bit ago. And I, I'd have to say, of the 15 or 20 of those assignments we've done in the few years, more than two-thirds of them are medieval feudal romps with an orc or two 
dozen other genre-friendly things all making appearances in there, too. Frankly, folks, I'm just a little done with this type of adventure. And uh, and when I see a series like Sense8, which frankly breaks so many models of what a uh, genre show is supposed to be and is so well-written and executed, then sadly canceled after two seasons. Uh, more to do probably with expense, I would think, than than content issues, I would hope, because it is, after all, a Netflix show. I, uh, I just question the, the, the general viewing consciousness out there sometimes. I still say, as, uh, as I've whined about before, there are uh, times, I think, many, many, many are experiencing a kind of TV Stockholm syndrome, you know? Where your abuser becomes your muse. Or in other words, Madge. You're soaking in it. All I can say is thank dog for Twin Peaks. You get no argument from me. Fuse And when we last left Timmy and Uncle Carl, they were investigating Miss Henrietta Gersling's undercarriage. <laughs> you feel better now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, a good uh, verbal spew is sometimes uh, warranted, friends. Thanks for your kind uh, consideration. So on our last show, we had uh, part one of our two-part chat with Aaron and Ami, who participated with Gusto. In uh, this, I think that's going to be the show's secret word, okay? Gusto. Roger that. Yeah, all right. Who participated in the this year's World Naked Bike Ride, which, uh, as we said, is uh, quite popular around these parts. And we'll, uh, we'll explore those numbers and uh, many, many more things on this. The Fusebox Interview. Do you have a sense for the numbers? Did you notice an increase or a decrease this year? It's funny because I I showed up late this year, so I was really towards the tail end. But um, what I saw in the park as they were all filing out, I mean, I really feel like it was maybe ten to 12,000. Mm-hmm. I could yeah. see it being ten to 12,000. 2015 apparently was a banner year for them where they, oh, yeah? where they, they okay. tagged uh, over, uh, over 10,000 people for sure. Yeah, that doesn't seem And it looks like 16 had a little dip. But I have a funny feeling that this year was a lot more I feel like uh, it active. was. It felt like I was walking my bike a lot in the beginning. There was just a lot of walking, 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 walking. And you look back and, and you could see the field. I actually have a really cool picture of just the field, just full of bikers on their way up to get onto that first road. For it was sure. a beautiful vibe. I mean, it's like, it's that oneness i mean Mm -hmm. i know it sounds kind of weird but you really do feel like all this connection with these people and the Mm -hmm. fact that we all decided yeah let's go ahead and just bear all and giggle and laugh and you know together and i like where i ended this year too at the fountain yeah because it was hot it was hot and so ending at the fountain downtown Mm -hmm. portland it was so cool. Yeah, so I cool. didn't go in the fountain, but I wanted to. <laughs> there were just so many people. <laughs> yeah, right. Because they were. It was like right down on front. Was that where yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah. the whole right. waterfront, and yeah. that just that just turned into a beautiful, beautiful little party. 
you know? I mean, I didn't stay for the festivities. I'm sure people were there. I stayed for maybe 40 minutes. Same here. Well, I would imagine most people are pretty exhausted after that anyway. Yeah, right. so they're... Yeah, because then you have to ride your bike all, all the way, way back. back. <laughs> and it's uphill a lot of the ways, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Or, yeah, to wherever you live. And that's, it's so funny because you're, you're so tired once you finally get to the end point, but then you're like, oh, yes, I have to get all right. the way back. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's still naked. Yeah, everybody's still naked. Like, I didn't put, put my clothes back on. <laughs> so throughout the entire evening. Never thought about yeah. that. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> there is this area that there, there always seems to be something along our way. Because um, I've always been riding with the, the same guy, my friend Jeff. We somewhere along the way decide, okay, we're seeing less and less nude people, more and more cars that might not. I, I don't know. So I always am the one who uh. encourages us to put on at least part of our clothes at some point. But Jeff could totally ride all the way back to the park naked. Yeah, I think until 3 o'clock in the morning, I saw people just all over different parts of Portland just naked. naked. And, like, and I stopped at a... Um, we were still naked. We're like, well, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to this bar. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I ended up putting my top on, but like we, we just, just sat there. Nice. <laughs> there were other people, naked people, going by, and yeah. it was just, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is okay. Night. Yeah. Yes. For that it, one night. For that one night. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's fun? I love it when people in the cars mm -hmm. and they drive by and they're like, oh I love Portland. Yeah. And, you know, they're so excited. Yeah. They're like. They, they say some funny things oh outside, my gosh, you know, really but they're just so things. excited and they're happy too. So we're making a, a lot of people are upset because the traffic and they, but yeah. a lot more people that I've ever noticed are just excited and they're like, Yawn, what? I just see naked people. I'm so yeah. excited. And I've also heard that some, some folks come from out of the state to participate oh, yeah. in I this would, particular yeah. thing. I would totally come from out of the state to participate. If you want to do something and just be like, okay, good cause, even or not good cause, good cause it could doesn't necessarily even have to be the the fuel dependence. It could just be like good cause. I want to have fun. That is a good cause, you yeah. know, with other people who are having fun. Chalk up cool life experiences. This is something to participate in. You don't always get the opportunity, you know. I don't think Omaha, Nebraska has a naked bike ride that has, <laughs> you know, like probably not. Yeah, probably not. But probably Portland, not. Oregon, the cool place that it is do you see a lot of family like kids and stuff involved in the in the ride too or is it mostly it's mostly young kids like if like little like between infants and two yeah. or three right i see them on the sides cheering uh -huh. us on i don't see them actually in the ride and i act to be honest i think that's kind of a good idea because it there are so many people and if mm. they yeah. they fall yeah if they fall kind of crash could or be dangerous yeah, yeah it's dangerous because yeah i almost even fall and crash you know because all of a sudden there's a bottleneck everybody comes to a complete stop that being said my daughter does really very much want to participate they watched it this year and she's like i want to do this so if there is a, if i do decide to have her do it i would have to put her up in something like that my bike she's sitting in the back so that there's no way that she could get crumpled yeah. on you know right. or even start towards the end yeah start towards um, the end and just yeah because then in a way i mean i say well it's that's kind of an adulty thing you can come and watch because that's what kids do but there are little kiddos in this thing so mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's something i'm considering i'm not sure how i feel about it yet but so uh, obviously there's there's lots of news media there's lots of people on the sidelines they're all snapping pictures because you know that's what they do so what do you do if someone approaches either one of you uh, for pictures? Well, the first couple of years, I always do a theme or a character. And so everybody wants to have their picture taken with you and your friends. And um, 
left and right, I was just up and down taking pictures with everybody and I didn't care because it's kind of just my personality. Sure, absolutely. But then it started making me feel kind of uncomfortable. And so now I, I tell them that they have to be naked too. And I'll say, absolutely, sure, you can take my picture, but you have to be naked too. Because there's too many people, tourist people, who are completely dressed. They're there on a date or they're there with their buddies and they're just snapping photos of you or they want to be standing next to a naked girl. And I just, I'm, I'm not really cool with that anymore. I'm not that I really ever was. I just didn't think about it the first couple of years. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's my new thing. And it works because they're like, oh, okay. And sometimes they, sometimes <laughs> they would get naked and I'm like, all right. And sometimes they won't and they just walk off and that's fine. But it's yeah. just, there's, there is still a little bit of weirdness with the people that, that show up just to take pictures, I yeah. think. So. Yeah. And we're not, I mean, they're always going to be there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I actually had an incident this time that, you know, I saw this this group of fully clothed people, smile. they're having fun. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just like getting their pictures taken with a bunch of people. And then they ended up coming over to me. And I was just like mm -hmm. you had originally been like, what's the big deal, yeah. you know? And then afterwards, I was like, actually, yeah, she should have been naked too. You know, how is she going to use that picture? I was trying exactly. to think of, is there, yeah, what would she do with that picture? Is she going to post it on Facebook? Right, exactly. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, and so that's why I was like, maybe that wasn't a great idea, but I'm hoping that out of all the people she took pictures with today, mm -hmm. because she was there that whole time at the park, I saw her all over the place, and she was super friendly. And I think my my original intent mm -hmm. was because um, we talked about, hey, you should do it. She's like, I don't know if I can do it this year. Maybe I'll do it next year. You know, just kind of showing her that it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, well... Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit strange about that one. At the same time, I know that there was lots of people taking pictures of me without my consent. There was yes. a guy. I was. I actually have a picture of me taking a picture of my friend Jeff with a guy fully clothed taking a picture of me. And yeah. I'm like, this is an interesting picture. Interesting. Yeah, so Indeed. what's he doing of that picture of me taking a picture, you know? There's so many people who are there taking pictures and yeah. checking everything out. But for me, anyway, there, I feel like there's only one, maybe two, who are kind of pushing it. Yeah. And um, taking pictures of our backsides when we're not looking. Or just yeah. that sort of thing. But um, it, but you can see them pretty quickly. And then yeah. you just, you know, move then your you bike. Then you just want, yeah, you yeah. wander or away. You sit down or you have your friends kind of huddle around you. Like, you just, you notice it. It's mm -hmm. really pretty obvious. It's very obvious. They have that. They have that aura of them. Yeah, there's, there's one or two out of thousands and thousands. Right. The raincoat is usually the giveaway. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's back to that 99.9% .9 of the people there are totally there just for the yeah. fun of it. Yeah. And even the girl who I did take my picture with, I mean, she was totally pleasant and kind and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, I was like, yeah, okay, let's just say if she posts that on our Facebook page, then what? Probably nothing. Okay. All right. It took me a little while to get there, but yeah, I'm not going to do it though. I will yeah. do the same thing. That's I just you don't know what they're going to do with the photo, yeah. like who they're going to show it to if right. they're going to blast it everywhere. Right. right. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to My control. My friends that. won't care. They've yeah, right. seen me naked before, but like <laughs> right. I don't know. Who knows, but right. um but like I uh, certain employers or certain you just they yeah, those are the situations. They don't need to see anything. Yeah, that's the only, the only thing. But, you know, like you say, you, th th these are the choices that that's you, right. that you these, make. This so. is it. This is the, and that's where I think that little things like the costumes come into play and painting, you know, mm -hmm. is a really good idea. But it is kind of fun, too, to just show up and not have to think about, I'm going to paint or costume myself up. I'm yeah. just going to take off my clothes and ride. Here I am. You know, and here I am. Yep. And that's. The gr vast majority was that. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, mm -hmm. the yeah. vast majority is that. 
it's fun to like even just watch a group of people who have a big boom box in the middle and mm-hmm. they're just dancing. You're like, you guys are naked dancing. Mm-hmm. How friggin' fun is that, you know? Mm-hmm. That's sure. Did you notice there's people having picnics and they, they're making it a thing now, like an yeah. event. I'm sure they've That's been in the great. park all day long naked, right, which right. great. I wish I knew I would have gone there earlier yeah. too. But um, yeah, they make it a big event. They have all this food and they have their music and they're, they're just like this chilling. whole setup. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so cool. Because if you think about it, all these people, are, they're good people. I mean, they're all just having fun, being yeah. silly. Yeah. And the age range is huge. It's it is. huge. It's oh, ama- yeah, amazing. absolutely. Yeah, there, there is no age range. There's no body type mm-hmm. not welcome. <laughs> you yeah. know, every single body type is represented here. Mm-hmm. And that's where, again, when everybody kind of turns into that big sea of humanity, mm-hmm. that's where that whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, right? Yeah. Where you're yeah. like, I fit in here. And I, I would imagine you'd both do it again. Oh, oh every year yeah. I'm going to yeah. keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And yep. yeah, I mean, even though I crashed, I'm still going to do it. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. A, star, a scar and a great story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See? Not everybody For a knows. great cause. I yeah, know, yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> I'd say they are fully committed to the cause. Right there. Many, many thanks to Aaron and Ami for taking time to uh, talk with us about this event, and hopefully it's uh, given you some uh, ear food for thought as well, as it uh, surely does represent more than just the eco-consciousness side, which is, you know, certainly a core issue, but also seems to uh, embody a rather large transformative process for many that take part in it. And also, seriously, hats off to the city of Portland officials for being the good sports they are for things like this, and uh, frequently <laughs> in our city here. You know, maybe we should do an interview with the mayor. You know what? I've actually entertained that notion, and uh, let's see what we can do to make that happen. That's, uh, that would be a great interview, and uh, another kind of curious insight into this place we call home. And uh, speaking of home, we're saddling up our prawns and skittering our way out of here, but not before thanking our guests, Aaron and Ami, for uh, peddling for tomorrow, and to Jeff Pollard for linerage and coverage, and, uh, of course, for always sitting on the throne of knobs, Milk Canes with gusto. <laughs> for technical assistance and uh, everything else these days. My pleasure as always, but you know what? I gotta run because uh, they got a uh, triple feature running of uh, the Magic Sword, Beastmaster, and Dragon Slayer. Well, you know what? Gotta say, Beastmaster is a hoot. I mean, how can you not like a character who talks to ferrets? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! <laughs> Thanks, as always, to you, friends, for pushing play on this edition of Fusebox. And uh, please do spread the word about this program wherever and however you find it, be it uh, Apple Podcasts or Podcast.com or Onsug.com or wherever. Just subscribe and share the love, as they say. We definitely appreciate that. So this has been your thrown out of yesterday's muse. With gusto. Host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon.
Fuse.